Welcome to HeartSpeak Podcast, episode 138, Listening with the Heart. Welcome to the HeartSpeak Podcast, where valuable insights are shared that bypass the mind and resonate with the heart. Listen, open your heart, become inspired, find the joy and fulfillment that awaits when you follow your heart. And now, here's your host, Dr. Christine Page. Well, hello there. How are you doing, wherever you are in the world? You may have noticed I'm back in a sweater again. It got cold. After heat waves, we dipped down into almost snowy weather. I wonder what your weather's doing. But it seems to kind of match our moods or match what's going on in the world. We get highs, we get lows, we get new discoveries, and then we get depressed. We think something's going to happen, and then it doesn't. We get excited and then there are things that hold us back and perhaps this has got something to do with Saturn going retrograde and other things moving backwards but I think it's just how we're going to see our summer there's going to be excitement and there's going to be sadness there's going to be enthusiasm of new ideas and then maybe there's going to be things that don't work out quite the way you thought they would So to stay centered, to stay rooted is really important. And that's not always easy. That's why I thought today I'd talk about the heart again. Of course, the whole podcast is called Heart Speak. But it's also about listening to the heart and following the heart and following our, some people call it our passion, our bliss. But also following the intuitive ideas that we get or the intuition that says, maybe not today. And this is something that, as you know, I talk about many times, listening to our intuition, listening to our body, following our path, following our truth. And I've been aware recently of just how hard that is for some of you because that little old throat chakra jumps in and tells you all the reasons why it's not going to happen. Maybe that's because at the moment we're still in Taurus, and as I described before, Taurus has this tendency, it rules the throat chakra, to come up with excuses. It comes up with, tell me how I'm going to do it. And that can be kind of frustrating both for the spirit world and for ourselves. We say, tell me what to do. Tell me how to do it. And great ideas come and we then go, yeah, but it won't happen for me. I need more confidence. I need more of this. I guarantee that I'm going to be fine if I do this thing. And this is not listening to our heart. It's listening to our fears. It's listening to our head. And it's really often saying that my I don't trust my heart. My heart doesn't know what I'm doing. That's what you're saying. You're saying, actually. If I follow my heart, I'm going to have to fully come here onto this planet and be seen. And I'm watching that happen with a number of people where the thought of coming onto this planet to experience the pleasure, the abundance of the availability of what's on this planet isn't happening. And we say, well, the planet's in a terrible mess or I don't feel safe there. Well, remember when I say, we are literally dreaming Gaia's dreams. We are part of her dreams. This isn't something about here and there. It's actually now. It's here. 
this is what we asked to do. Not to be on what we might conceive as planet Earth with all its issues, but to express ourselves from our hearts. In other words, you could be on planet blog and you would be still holding back. And actually, we're not anywhere except for maybe in the grand sand play area in the sky. In other words, imagine that you're in the Garden of Eden. Imagine that you're already there and all you're being asked to do is take an idea, take a dream, and use the Garden of Eden to express that dream of Gaia into the world. And what would we say? Oh, well, yes, but it's too sunny today, or I don't like that color green of the Garden of Eden, or there's too much fruit around here. <laughs> and that's, that's it. It really doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is, are we ready to communicate? Are we ready to express who we are? to listen to our hearts and express ourselves and relate fully to the world around us. I hope that's making sense. I talked about pleasure last time. Pleasure isn't just having fun. It's about a relationship. And I'm kind of continuing that path, that idea of receiving and giving, of an interaction taking place with the world. And I thought back to communication for myself, to listening. And believe it or not, I was seen as a very shy child, partly as I've explained, because I could always feel and see people's energy. And as someone walked into a room, I could see their past lives, their future lives, their subpersonalities. It was very confusing for me as a child. So when someone said, well, say hello, I'd think, well, to who am I saying hello to? <laughs> Which of these characters? Maybe some of you had that confusion as a child. So my natural tendency was to just hide, be shy. And my very social mother would say, don't be like that. Talk to these people. <laughs> I'd go, hello, which person am I talking to? So communication has not always been in my favor. and. The other level was I always felt, well, do people understand me? Do you know that in yourself? They're not going to understand what I have to say. So I might as well not say it. Did you ever get those blank looks when you said something and everybody was like, okay, let's move on to something else. <laughs> and so the things that we want is to be heard, to be understood, but we're really wanting a flow of energy. We're wanting to, to recognize not what I say, but the fact I'm saying it. So in all the debates that have been going on recently, it doesn't really matter what your opinion is. It's are you being heard, not therefore to change someone else's opinion, but the very flow of energy of opinions, the very flow of energy of information. And when we're shut down and we're told, well, you know, whatever you say is wrong or I don't wish to hear you, then that's very damaging to the heart, not just to the head, not just to our egos. That ability to flow with energy and to be open. We get so caught up, I believe, in opinions. And it isn't about someone's opinion, it's about someone having the gift of being able to speak.
And I'm going to talk more about that soon. But as a shy person, I prefer to watch and observe, and I'm sure many of you do the same thing. And I'd watch patterns, and I'd watch how people interacted. And I hope that I learned from that watching. But I also saw what people couldn't see. Because I could see people's energy, and I watched someone just walk over someone else, obliterate them because either what they were saying was was ridiculous in their minds, nonsensical, or it was just that they didn't see that person important. And it's amazing how we do the same for animals or to trees or to rocks. And as you know, I have a great pleasure in talking to all these different nature kingdoms. Who don't we hear? When we say, oh, a child doesn't know anything. Children should be seen and not heard in the old way. But it's not true. How conscious were you as a child? I can remember being back in a crib, a cot. I can remember being very conscious of what was going on around me. A baby in the womb is very conscious, can hear everything. We know that babies will pull away if there's an argument going on or move forward if there's a music that's being played. And that idea that children or animals or anything else that doesn't seem to have a voice, can't therefore be intelligent. It's really such a cruel story. And I was listening to Del Bigtree, some of you listen with me to him on the high wire. And he had on JB Hanley and his son, who his son was seen as autistic. But really, he was just a non speaker. He hadn't got the voice to speak. And because he couldn't speak, and because his movements were erratic, and because he didn't seem to pay attention and look you in the eye, everybody thought he was stupid. Everybody thought that, as his father says, the only thing that was important was to decide, you know, does he want this type of drink or that type of drink? He felt that was the only communication that was happening here. And then something happened. They came across a a system. The system was called Spelling to Communicate, and it's called S to C. And this opened up a whole world for Jamie and his father. And I had read a book previously, many years ago, and the book was A Child of Eternity, and Andriana Rocha and uh, Krista uh, Jorde, And this was, again, about facilitated communication. And when I read that book many years ago and heard how Adriana was locked inside herself, she couldn't express herself except for this form of facilitated communication, and how she knew everything that was going on, and how she described how she felt angry in the womb. Now, this is just her experience, but she described how her anger had caused some disturbance to the nutrients that she received while she was in the womb. Now, again, don't just you know, just say, well, that, that can't happen. This is one person experience. And again, we're listening to some one person's experience. And maybe in listening with our hearts, it opens ourselves up to a possibilities that we hadn't even considered before. 
And Adriana's story really touched me to say, who's locked inside? And here I was as a, a very able, very intelligent young ba child and baby. And yet because I was a baby or because I was a child and I was so shy, I didn't speak. I was almost seen as someone who didn't have intelligence. I remember on one of my school reports going way back to when I was five years old, it said Christine should speak more and read more. She clearly has a problem. You know, I would like to tell that person that I've now written nine books <laughs> and never stopped speaking. But the fact is, it's how do we unlock that voice? How do we listen with our hearts? And the work that now is coming through that's, that I was reading about with uh, the, the book Underestimated, which is J.B. Handy's book, was about how this mechanism, this ecstasy mechanism, has allowed Jamie to start to talk. He had never spoken before. He had never actually communicated. And no, it's not a verbal communication. It is actually one using stencils. Uh, being able to pick out the letters and to be able to pick out the letters and then to be able to focus your eyes onto those letters. And I, not having worked fully in this field, had not understood how, first of all, uh, someone who has autism often feels their body is not their own, it's the enemy. And again, some of you may have felt that and there was nothing wrong with your sensory to motor communication. But here, the ability to make your eyes move to the next letter or to be able to see what's happening is hard work. Just being able to move your eyes from one letter to another on, we could say, a keyboard is extraordinarily difficult. But unless we understand that, we just think that this person is stupid. Oh, for goodness sake, just get your act together. Because we take it so for granted that we can do this. And, and again, I will own up to the fact that sometimes I take it for granted that people can listen to their intuition, can talk to plants. And again, I've had to learn to be patient and tolerant, but also to walk a mile in someone else's moccasins, to listen with my heart and not just assume because I can do it that everybody else can. Or that even when they do listen to their intuition, they're going to get the same result as I do. This ability to open a door and then let other people have an experience is something I'm learning and I'm still learning. But I hear how often we can be so set in our way about what we expect someone's going to achieve that we don't listen to what they want. And sometimes people just give up asking. I'll do whatever someone tells me. And that I saw was part of the problem that I saw in ME, myalgia encephalomyelitis, or fibromyalgia, people call it, or chronic fatigue syndrome. Many people were just on the wrong path. And all they kept doing was continuing a lousy path that was killing them because that was expected of them. That's what everybody wanted from them. And they, they ended up being resentful and tired and achy, and they just didn't want to be there anymore. But they felt they were going to let everybody else down. If they said, excuse me, I don't want to be on this path. I want to go in the opposite direction. And I always say with ME, fibromyalgia, you have to admit you're ill. You have to admit you're on the wrong path before you can get better. And that's true for any of us. But that takes courage. 
It takes courage to hear, to own the fact that maybe we're not listening to ourselves. So no wonder someone else can't hear us. Why do people not listen to me? Why don't people hear what I want? Well, maybe you're not listening to yourself. Maybe your higher self is being blocked, your higher mind, your, your inner self that comes from the heart. I mean, they're all the same thing. Maybe you're hearing all these messages, but you keep dismissing them and saying, well, when's God going to call on me? And as we all know, he does. But if we don't listen, then things just go worse and worse until we eventually say, I give up. I don't know what to do. And we allow someone else to come in and help. So as Jamie said in this wonderful communication with his father, it took him a long while because his father always used to kind of make up what choices he should have for dinner. And one day he was able to communicate via this keyboard, I would prefer steak, not chicken. I mean, how long? And he's, a, he's an adult, young adult now. How many times did he eat in that chicken because he couldn't communicate that you'd rather have steak? And you might say, wow, that's, you know, someone who is clearly having problems with speech and communication. But it also puts us all in mind of how many times do we go along with what other people want? Again, oh, yeah, I'll just, you know, it doesn't matter. Give me whatever you want. I'm fine with anything. But you're really not. You're boiling inside. You're angry inside. So for us to be able to speak out and say, you know, this isn't okay for me. This isn't what my heart wants. This doesn't make my heart sing. And there was a beautiful piece in, in the communication that I was watching on Dale Bigtree's High Wire, where for the first time, I believe, this girl was able, this young woman was able to communicate to her mother. Now I wonder if it was a young boy, but it doesn't matter because the message was what was important. I think it was a young man. And... I'm going to just read. He said, Mum, I love you to the moon and back. Thanks for all the sacrifices. I'll make you proud of me. That's a very sophisticated sentence for someone who has not spoken before verbally. And what we're now understanding is that for these non speakers, they understand everything, they are clever but not to be able to communicate. Our societies have tended to say, well, if you can't communicate, you must not be clever. And it reminds me of working with a friend who worked a lot with ADHD and learning someone who, people who had learning difficulties, but she called them learning differences. This was 25 years ago. And she worked in many of the highest educated, brilliant-minded institutions, such as the Ministry of Defense, for instance, code breakers, people who had amazing gifts of being able to synthesize information. But she said she was brought in not because of the brilliance of their knowledge, but because they couldn't write a memo from themselves to someone else. They just didn't know how to communicate in simple terms. So they had to color code everything so they could remember how to send a memo. And this made so much sense to me. It wasn't 
the brilliance was easy for them, the synthesis of information. Again, I believe that many of you understand this. You have that sort of Aquarian mind where you can take many aspects but can't always speak it or express it. Our young children, so many of them, with what we call learning differences, we're teaching them something that doesn't make sense to them. We're saying, okay, here's a word, let's take the word word, and then I take the R out of the word and I say, well, what does this mean? Well, it's like taking a piece of jigsaw out of a whole jigsaw picture and saying, what does this mean? And you say, well, it only means something in reference to the whole. Why are we looking at a piece of sky when I can tell you what the whole picture is? Make sense? And I know that that's some part of my own journey. I can tap into the source of all information. I can see the whole picture. But if you ask me to write down a number or to read something out, I'm pretty dyslexic, mildly, I will say. But because I'm trying to see something which is out of context with the whole. And I know I can read things really quickly. I have a photographic memory, really good when I was taking exams. Because I could just see and still can see a page and know where it was on the page. But if you ask me what's that word or what was that, that's almost like, oh my goodness, I'm being asked to focus on something small and insignificant rather than the whole picture. And what my friend told me is that a child that instead of trying to focus on a letter or a word, she would often say to the children she was working with, imagine that you have an orange above your head and it's the orange that's reading the words. And once they took it out of the child's concentration and put the orange above the head, the child could read from the orange. And then what the children did was they said, well, if the orange isn't in my inside me, I can move the orange outside into the, let's say, outside the house. And they could still read from the orange outside the house in their mental state, the visualization. So they visualized the orange being outside the house, then they could read as well. And many of you may know of children who have been called psychic children, rainbow children. They moved on from the indigo children. And these psychic children are able to put a book under their elbow or under their arm and read the book. But as the psychic children, if you ever read James Twyman's work, which I think was amazing, the children he was working with said, don't get lost in the party games. The fact that we can read the book underneath our feet or underneath our arm is only a side product, a side product of what we're actually talking about. And what were they talking about? Love love they say when we're in the flow of love we're, we're connected to all that is we're able to do all these other things they say our psychic gifts are just a representative of love of connection and i believe that and it's the separation that occurs that makes us feel that we can't do something and we are in this crazy world and i will say i'm going to use that i may be a paradigm holographic paradigm that believes that somehow we are oppressed 
that believes somehow we've destroyed the world, that believes that we don't deserve love. All of that energy is locking us into a paradigm that actually isn't the truth. And it's being exaggerated by what's going on presently. You may be, be careful of other people. Don't trust them. Stay away from them. You don't, don't, mustn't do that. You're a bad person if you do that. And as we are expanding consciousness, which I can see is happening beautifully, I want to say that for the first time, I'm seeing the awakening of everybody or those who wish to awaken. I'm saying everybody's having the opportunity to awaken. Maybe I should say it that way. I'm seeing individuals awakening to not a truth outside them, but they're listening to their heart. They're listening truth inside them. Their lives are starting to flow. They're starting to see synchronicities. Things are falling away. Things are coming towards them. And even though those things may be a bit scary, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to be in a relationship, go on a job, speak, write a book, whatever, stay at home. There's an excitement that actually says, and I'm ready for it. I'm going for it. So things are moving. Things are opening. But at the same time, it's not somebody else who's telling us, you mustn't trust that. You must go back into your box. It's an echo of the past. It's a, I should say, an echo of our belief systems from the past that say, you've got to stay where you are. What am I saying? When we listen to our heart, it's not just about connecting in love. It's connecting to a truth where the beliefs that talk about separation, fear, abandonment, rejection, no longer fit in anymore. If you then say, no, no, I need to tell you my story. I have been abandoned. I am rejected. You can hold on to those as long as you like. But they're at a frequency that is no longer in harmony with the new energy, cosmic energy, that is tapping into our heart, that's stimulating our heart to awaken. So what we're seeing as we connect more fully to this new energy, we connect to ourselves. It's not new. It's new to us because we may not have been feeling it. This connection has always been there. We're just connecting to it more fully. The old beliefs are going to jump up and try and pull us back down. It isn't someone outside us. It isn't a group of people, or someone, and nor is someone coming to rescue us because that's, again, making out that we're weak and insignificant. This is saying is, wow, when I connect to that energy, those old beliefs fall away. They no longer have a resonance with me. If you saw the film The Matrix at the very end, where he suddenly realizes the bullets are not actually part of his new belief system, his new holographic belief system, and they just fall to the ground. I know that sounds a, a big step to take, but the more we connect across the airways, the more we recognize that we do have a voice and that other people have a voice, and not to just see ourselves as insignificant or voiceless. And when I saw, and please do watch this episode of Del Bigtree about autism, when I saw this boy communicate and say he wants to be a neuroscientist 
And this was a boy nobody thought even could decide whether or not he wanted chicken or a steak. I say, oh, please, in all my humility, I'm sorry. And I step back because I need to listen with my heart, not to what I think you need to know or what you know or what where your path is going. I need to listen with my heart to who you are. And this takes me just a few more steps. I was also listening to someone who had lost a partner and they were feeling in so much grief. And yet, as I was listening intuitively, the partner was there trying to talk to them. And I've seen that so many times where our grief can cause almost a cloud so that those loved ones who have passed over can't communicate with us. And it isn't the fact that they are going to communicate with us and therefore we can continue an emotional and a physical relationship here on earth. They've moved on. So it would be like saying, oh, I had a friend when I was in my junior school and now they've gone to high school. I'll never see them again and I'm grieving. Oh, I wish they were coming back to my junior school. They're not going to come back to your junior school. They've moved on or they've moved somewhere. So grieving must never be that we hold someone back into the place where we are. That's what often happens. Oh, I wish they were here. Oh, I'm feeling lost without them. They've moved. But it doesn't mean we don't have a communication with them still. And the hardest thing for the spirit world is when our grief, our desire to keep them in that one place, please come back and be with me just here. They can't do that. So when we're fixated on this one bubble of awareness with them, it's really hard for them. But when we can open that bubble, we can have a communication with them. And the best communication is almost when we let go of thinking, oh, they were my partner, my mother, my father. Let them be an individual. I many times see babies who have died or young children have died. They appear to me as adults. But if we keep saying, oh, poor little Johnny, who was only two years old, it keeps us or them in that one bubble. And they're not that person anymore. They can't communicate with us to, through that one two-year-old. They want to communicate as a soul, a being. And that's beyond identity. And we do the same with the animal kingdoms. The idea that we want to communicate with them, but we communicate with our humanness. Oh, poor them. They must be so sad they're dying or they're sick. And yet what I've understood from animals is they're not caught up in the past, present, future. They're not thinking about, oh, what am I going to do next year? They live in the moment. So yes, they may get pain and yes, they may die, but they're not held into our emotional baggage about how life's to be. Can we listen to our animals? Can we listen to the plants? And listening to them means getting out of our own way and sometimes just feeling, feeling in our body or getting images. They're the best ways. Not in our heads, but feeling, feeling in our bodies. What do, what do I feel when I'm around these pets? You remember that pleasure. What do I receive? Maybe they send you an image. That's another way. If you want to remember our loved ones, yes, you can remember a beautiful scenery, but don't see them as, oh, that was wonderful in the past. Sometimes they meet us in a place that we remember 
as being a wonderful place, but that's not where they are. It's just that they're trying to meet us in a place that there is no veil, there's no separation. When we're working with the plant kingdoms, again, or the stone kingdoms, getting out of our own way, listening, and not listening as a place of, oh, I'm here to save the world, but more, you are of the world. Teach me what you need. Teach me how I can expand and see the world in the way you see it. See it through their eyes. I've spoken about this before. So listening is not just with our ears, it's with our heart. And it starts with love. And I always felt that working with autistic children, how really their main message is, if you really are serious about helping me, you have to be unconditional in your loving. You have to get out of your, my own way of what I think I'm here to do and get over my own project, my own goal. And whatever is needed, I need to work with that. I felt that that was one of the gifts, was their ability to say, are you really serious or are you just playing with this? Do you just want to get a pat on your back because you're working with me? And I've seen that in so many different people I've worked with, with what we would say is a handicap, but really the handicap is ours because they're teaching us how to really meet our needs and also meet theirs at the same time. And so as we move forward in these months, we're moving into Gemini, this Gemini in me is saying, listen with your heart. There's going to be a lot of fear-mongering going on. There's going to be a lot of information coming in. Please listen and trust your heart. There's going to be a lot of talk about ETs. I know a lot about ETs. You know a lot because most of us don't come from this earth. Most of us come from other star systems. So recognize that a lot of what we're seeing when we see a little machine with flashy lights or little beings are really just interdimensional beings. They're beings that live and look much like us. But the ones who are able to travel across vast distances don't need the flashy little lights, don't look like us. And so be aware of the ability to spread ourselves out. And what I hear is the very fact that they can travel across the, the dimensions occurs because they've reached a level of heartfelt communication, which we call telepathy. And so those who are needing the more uh, archaic ways of traveling, which are much more like the way we would put a rocket out, put a spaceship out, haven't reached that level of communication that we're totally capable of. So as I finish this, I hope I've met your heart. I hope I've been talking and listening through your heart. Trust yourself. Trust that everything is connected to us. I use the word love. Every part of us loves us. Our body loves us. Our soul loves us. We are loved. But that love isn't all gooey and, and happy. It's about you are never abandoned, never rejected. You are one with all. And when we can love those unlovable parts of ourselves and listen to those parts, then we can listen to the universe and the universe listens to us. So with my love and with my listening heart, I send many blessings now. 
Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the HeartSpeak Podcast with Dr. Christine Page. Please check out all HeartSpeak episodes in the podcast archive section on www.christinepage.com. HeartSpeak is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and now playing on iHeartRadio. You can also watch the archive podcasts on YouTube. Connect with Christine on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, including her newest Facebook group, The Great Mother Calling. Do share with family, friends, colleagues. Join us next time for another edition of HeartSpeak.